Hello and welcome to Red Risks Media. This is a live event, things can go wrong. Please stick with us while we try and sort some of those gremlins out. We live stream to LinkedIn, to YouTube and to Twitter, sometimes to Facebook. So please do join us on these live events. Now, if you've not been here before, we'd welcome you to subscribe to our newsletter. No spam, I promise. It's only about the live events that are coming up. Now, enough of that. Let's just get on with the show. Hello and welcome to Red Risks. So the tables are completely turned today and I'm in the driving seat, which I'm really excited about. So welcome, welcome, welcome. It's going to be a bit of a different show today. So I'm just going to start with a um, quick introduction because this is all about, this has been a big time International Women's Day week for me. Um, and thank you to the stream team for trusting me with your whole platform. This is fantastic. So Monday was International Women's Day and International Women's Day marks the many achievements of women around the world and throughout the ages. It represents a rallying call for gender parity in everything from pay and conditions through to recognition of contributions in science and in industry, and also to health equality too. So the first gathering to recognise International Women's Day was in 1911, which means that this year was the 110th year in which we have come together to celebrate and raise awareness of women's issues. We have achieved a great deal in that time, not least universal suffrage, the Equal Pay Act and increasing recognition of women's well-being issues in work and more generally. On Tuesday, the One Wish Coalition, which I'm going to talk about, had our inaugural Congress, of which I am a co-founder. Now, One Wish stands for women and inclusion in safety and health and we have brought together existing networks in the health and safety community from around the world to create opportunities for women and other underrepresented groups and we're going to be having a further event in the autumn focused on the broader topic of inclusion Red Risks is our is a member network and proud supporter of our work. So thank you so much for that team. Now, in this fast changing, unpredictably globally connected work we now live in, risk based choices are being made by us all rapidly every day. There are often a variety of ways to solve a problem and we know different perspectives achieve better health and safety choices, which means we all save more lives. Globally, gender equality is one of the UN's life enhancing sustainability development goals seen as a fundamental human right and a foundation for a peaceful, prosperous and sustainable world. One of the aims of the work of the One Wish Coalition is to, create, create, is to create greater visibility in the world of work for women in our profession. Now, health and safety is a predominantly male profession, and we all have stories. Stories to inspire and unlock a pipeline of success for all underrepresented groups. 
Now, today the tables are turned as I interview the stream team's very own Jeanette Ashimova to share her story. So welcome, Jeanette. And it's great for us to both be here today. How are you feeling before I start? <laughs> Hi, Louise. Hi, the world. Hi, everyone. Dzień dobry, Polsko. Witam was. So Arta said hi to Poland. And uh, thank you, Louise. And I'm so happy that we continue the work in the Global Coalition. I'm very proud to inspire today and maybe share my story being a woman in health, woman in health and safety. Well, Thank fantastic. you for inviting me. I'm, Thank I'm, you. I'm so excited to hear this. So, so Jeanette, let's just kick off from the start. Um, do you want to tell me about, you know, tell me about your early life and, and you know, what inspired you, you know, the, the, the start of your journey? Where, where did it all come from? Where did you come from? Uh, yeah, when I think about my life today, and I think sometimes we need to get back uh, to the beginning of our story. And when I was a small girl, I always had, I remember that feeling so well, I always wanted to be a doctor, medical doctor. And when I was eight years old, nine years old, I would say that I will be a doctor and I will save the world. That was that was my unwavering condition and conviction that I will do that. And it wasn't easy. I was born in a very, very small town in a very small country in the Central Asia, close to Afghanistan border. And uh, it was very difficult at times. And I think that my story will inspire that you cannot stop. You cannot be afraid of rejections. I remember, Louise, that my story began with simple uh, uh, English lessons. I just wanted to speak English. And can you imagine that we had only one English book in the town that had my English teacher? So every weekend I had to walk seven kilometers across the river to get that book just for a weekend to study and then I would translate the lotions of my mom because we didn't have any newspapers, we didn't have any internet to learn the language. And then I got admitted to the medical school, medical school and I graduated with honors, I become a surgeon. And this is the first moment when I got rejected as a woman because I was not allowed to be a cardiac surgeon because they told me it's not the position, position for the woman. Uh, and this is where I started my journey in health and medicine. This is how I started to be a medical doctor. So, so in terms of, you know, thinking back to your kind of early years, if you like, you know, um, walking that distance, what, what, you know, what did that do to you as a young person? You know, what kind of qualities did you, did that bring out in you, do you think? Uh, I think I did think about those qualities, Louise, that time. I think it was so natural and uh, uh, it natural was just to do what I wanted to do. And I think when I when I get back to those years and I think about myself as a small girl, it was that so evident in me that I wanted to serve the world. 
And I didn't know the beautiful world, uh, words about commitment, authenticity. I didn't know those words. I just wanted and I had the purpose. And that's what made me. I got so many times rejected and I had so many difficulties, but I never thought about those difficulties as difficulties. Maybe later on, I realized that rejections and failures are actually the key of my success. And uh, that made me, I think that made me strong, but I never stopped liking what I do and I never doubted in what I wanted. And I think that's important. And I'm now facing any young girl, any, any woman that are listening to me. It's not about rejection. It's not about failures. It's about your journey. It's about identifying what is the purpose? What do you want to bring to this world? And I'm very lucky and I'm very happy today because I can share this story. And some people, Louise, when they look and they talk to me, being today quite successful in what I'm doing, they think, oh, she's lucky. Or maybe, oh, she's just, uh, she has everything she wanted. It's maybe it is but one of the key things that i wanted to say find your purpose and never stop uh, don't be afraid going outside of your comfort zone and never stop exploring never stop searching never stop doubting that's what i wanted explore doubt it i was rejected louise uh, i was applying for i think it was german embassy and I was re rejected visa for my education five times. And I never stopped. I, I kept applying, 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 and it just didn't work. So, so thinking back to, you know, so, so, so you went through your childhood, you got to medical school, um, sort of, you know, medical school and shortly after medical school, you know, talk to us about that a little bit. Yeah, I worked uh, as a medical doctor, and um, my first <laughs> my first job was as a qualifying doctor. I ended up in a small village, in a small hospital at the Afghan border. So the resources was scarce, and um, <laughs> uh, every day in the morning when I uh, uh, would come to the to the hospital at six o'clock in the morning, I had a long queue of women waiting for me. And uh, one of the most challenging thing, and I was young, very young, but I was surrounded by very experienced nurses. This is where the support comes from someone who is uh, more mature. This is where support comes from another woman. And we shouldn't be afraid to get that support. Um, one of the things I remember working in that hospital, among the cotton field, I remember that picture so, uh, uh, so well today, um, all the women, they had to travel around 60 kilometers to the nearest uh, regional hospital to make their blood test done or any other laboratory test. So that was my first project and I was ex I was afraid, but I did apply for project uh, uh, for, for, for initiative and we did open the first laboratory in that hospital and all the women instead of going, and when I say travel commuting, it's not uh, going on the highway with the beautiful cars. Uh, so 
and all the women in the hospital and the laboratory is still there. And I'm very proud that it was, I think I was 25 years old that time. Then I joined Doctors Without Borders. So just, just tell us a little bit before you, you know, you, so, so tell us about creating, you know, so you identified an issue, you, you know, I couldn't get these tests done when you wanted to. So tell me how that happened. I mean, that's something, you know, from you're still only in your mid 20s. Just talk to us a little bit about how that all kind of happened. Uh, you know that feeling that I always that that, that feeling when you have uh, some kind of a fear together with your purpose working together. That's a combination that actually keeps me all the time moving forward. From one side, you're saying, "Oh my God, can I do that? Oh, do I have enough power to do that?" Uh, but from other side, yes, of course you can because that's your purpose. And and I did talk to another women. I did talk to the nurses, and I decided to try. And we submitted the proposal, and within one year, we got an approval. And can you imagine that how happy I was? Um, the next, I think, um, inspiring stories happened when I started working for Doctors Without Borders, uh, working with refugees. And um, when I say I'm lucky, I'm lucky because it's not about how many challenges we have in our life, because I'm sure everyone who is listening to me today, you all got challenges. And I do admit that. It's about how you find that inner uh, power and saying, yeah, there is a challenge. And you might have that inner voice telling you, yeah, but I'm just a girl, I'm just, a, I'm just Asian, or I'm just a woman. Uh, or I might not be supported, or I might be rejected. But when you stick to your purpose, when your dreams are bigger than you are, uh, that, uh, and some people, they, they think that um, uh, when I talk about this to, to my students, uh, when I talk about this to, to, to my uh, clients, to my mentorees, it's not that I'm playing around those words because that belief is so strong. And, and when I worked for Doctors Without Borders, that was another experience that I think it's worth of sharing. Uh, some moment, and it happens, uh, we, lose, um, we lose the moment. We, we think, uh, where is my journey? Uh, where am I going? Where is my goal? And, and my advice would be, and what helped me is, you know, Louise, even in the safety, safety culture, when you develop the strategy, where do we say? We say, find out where we are, find out where you want to be, identify. I think that's the second point. The first point, and usually how I look at this in my life, in my business life, in my health and safety, in my uh, in life as a mother, uh, as a as a woman, is the first question: who you are, and and what you are, what do you want to do, and that's the question I ask managers usually when I meet the top management guys. Before you ask yourself where you want to be. Ask the question, who you are, guys? What do you want? Uh, what is your purpose? Uh, what is the value? Why do you do that? Why do you want to do that? 
I think that's, that's so, so my so my question is, you know, talking about, you know, you're this medical do doctor, um, you know, performing really important work, um, and you have you you clearly have a really sense strong sense of your own purpose. Do you think you have when did when did where did that come from and, and when was that developed? Did you have that? when you were in your 20s working as a doctor where do you think that sense of purpose came from uh Lucy, i don't know i don't know how to answer this question i'm being very honest with you because uh, i recently talked to my mom about that and she she looked at me we were sitting and drinking tea and she just looked at me and said i wonder where it's coming from i said what mom like be being you and I said, what do you mean, mom? And she said, I just remember you're a small girl. And we were asking, why do you study English? I mean, no one speaks English in our society. Why do you need that? And you said, mom, because I want to save the world. And uh, that was very strong um, for me when I was a young girl, maybe because that feeling of social needs, the feeling of... Um, of you know when vincent talks about i know vincent is listening to us about that number of fatalities we have a number of suffering we have in the world that comes that comes so naturally uh but it never stopped it's just growing and growing and growing and maybe another thing it just came to my mind louise it's about people around us isn't it it's about like for example now i'm part of the stream team sony <laughs> i hope you hear me it's just because we try to find people who share our values and because when the purpose comes and then you find that value you stick to those values and you along your journey when you have those people who share your values it's kind of a, like a snowball it never turns off it just go on and on. So isn't it like you mentioned yesterday, I think during the Congress, find your mentors or become a mentor. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. This is what happens, especially when you're a girl. My advice, just look around, find someone around Definitely. you. Just message, up, message us. <laughs> so, so, so here's the question then. So when did you, I'm, this is the question that I've been dying to ask you, Jeanette. Um, so you're this amazing medical doctor. Um, you've, you've done all of this work. You've created this new laboratory. You know, what, what happened next? What, how did you move from being a medical doctor to, to getting involved in health and safety? How did that all happen? How did that come about? That's amazing story, Louise. It's it's just amazing. It's again, it's just if you follow if you follow your dreams, they just it everything will opens up for you. Um, when I when I left Doctors Without Borders, I was looking for a job. And they didn't pay well, which is natural. So I was kind of uh, struggling that day. And remember, I was sitting in the coffee shop and I had money only to buy black coffee. Usually I drink with milk, but I didn't have enough money to pay for a cup of coffee with milk. So I had to buy one with black coffee. And I was started looking at the job offers. And there was a job offer of medical coordinator for oil and gas business. 
and I was interviewed and that's another story that I hope guys you take it as an inspiring how it's important to find people who believe in you the same way you believe in yourself I went to interview Louise and they told me excellent Janet would like you unfortunately we cannot hire you because you are a woman I said excuse me and they said, yeah, it's not because of you. It's just because your medical uh, medical coordinator position requires uh, flights offshore. And offshore, we have only males working there, men working there, and we don't have any cabins or sleeping facilities. So well, where was this geographically in the world? So where, where uh, are we it, talking about? It, it was Caspian Sea. Okay. And, uh, but the funny thing, I just got back home from that interview saying you are an excellent talent. We want you, but we cannot, we simply physically cannot allocate you offshore because of the gender differences. And as soon as I got home, I got a call, Janet, please, could you come back? I got back and they told me, you know, Janet, that's not right. We like you so much. We will have to make that place offshore for you. That's amazing. Um, what year are this? What what year are we in now? Two thousand five. This is where wow. I started in safety, not directly in safety. I worked as a medical coordinator, but slowly, slowly, I had to cooperate with the health and safety department, and I got so excited. So holding my position as a, in a medical department. I start getting involved with the health and safety. For the first moment, I was with health and safety. What? What do you mean? And then I remember my visit offshore. And I spent later on, I spent seven, seven years offshore. I traveled for 14 countries in different projects, oil and gas, refinery, production, MOPU, FSO, Jacob, capital shipyard, whatever you, you can name it. And, and I was so lucky, Louise, I, for many, many years, I was able to hold two positions. Slowly, I joined as a safety trainee holding the medical position. And, uh, and then I decided, okay, I would like to get an education. So I went to, uh, I, graduate, I did my NIBOSH certificate, the NIBOSH diploma. Today, my NIBOSH tutor. <laughs> so hello to my students, if you see me, guys, my learners. And uh, the, the funny thing then, uh, since that, I decided to do my research. And then I did, I, I went to Imperial College, Global Innovation Center. I did research in safety culture. I did my dissertation and slowly gaining experience in safety, uh, continuing my work as in medical, uh, doing my degrees. I started doing both. And do you want another story about the <laughs> gender issue? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I remember I was a still safety young junior safety something trainee officer i don't remember exactly the position and can you imagine in front of my desktop i have a notification um uh, i think it was planned maintenance uh, of the bauer compressor junior three for breathing apparatus and i was like what is that I don't know how the power compressor looks like. And uh, I went to the maintenance superintendent. And girls, if you listen to me, listen to this story. I was the only woman offshore. I went to the maintenance superintendent and I said, excuse me, sir, 
and I was junior, I was very young. Excuse me, sir, but there is a notification that we need to do maintenance on the power compressor, but I don't know how to do that. Louis, he even didn't look at me. He didn't look at me and he, the only thing he told me, do you get paid for that? Are you health and safety? I said, yeah. I said, so go and do your job. I went to the starboard of the platform and I cried for two hours. <laughs> and I said, okay. And then after two hours, I was planning my chopper and I wanted to go home. After two hours, I started thinking, okay, I can dismantle and assemble a human body. <laughs> what it takes me to assemble and disassemble the power compressor. <laughs> and I just followed what I always tell my students. Go and ask if you are in doubt. Look for the sources of information. Engage others. Engage people. Engage workers. I, <laughs> what I did, I emailed the Bauer, uh, Bauer company. And I said, excuse me, my name is Janet. I'm a junior safety and I need to have to do this job. Can we do the risk assessment together? Then I went to the mechanical team, younger mechanics, workers, and I said, guys, can we do that together? And in two, three hours, we completed risk assessment together. We found the compressor, we replaced the filters, we did it together, and I was so happy because I think the task was accomplished. And another thing is like, I'm so thankful to that guy because instead of doing it for me, he actually, I think that was a very good lesson. It's about don't be afraid to ask. Don't be afraid to admit that you don't know. Don't be afraid to say, uh, I don't know how to do that. I remember since that, since that, Louise, I kept asking questions. What is that? How do you do that? How does it work? Do you have any evidence for that? <laughs> do you have any evidence for that? Because my medical background, everything needs to be evidence-based. <laughs> so, And uh, can we do that together? And since that, I actually realized, when you ask me, how does it feel to be a medical and safety? Isn't it we are blessed, blessed, Louise, to work in health and safety? They're yeah. very blessed. We are blessed to be women and we're blessed to work in health and safety. Why? Because, because it's about prevention. Mm -hmm. It's about that feeling well, like, of... Well, I always say, you know, it's a really interesting mix that you have because, you know, we, we're we in the business of saving lives, aren't we? Is, you know, I, I had a really bad accident on my bicycle in the summer and the first person right. to turn up on the scene was two retired general practitioners and <laughs> and it's the it's these it's the same old question isn't it so what do you do for a living and and it's like oh you know i'm a health and safety consultant i'm trying to prevent people from coming to you in the first place and they actually turn around to me and say you trying to do me out of a job here <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's a really interesting combination that you have because, you know, all of those effects on the body that we all talk about, you absolutely understand, don't you? Absolutely. It does help. But another thing that helps a lot, I guess, it's about that um, 
that feeling of understanding of importance of having holistic approach towards uh, towards the human it's not just body it's it's mental health that we're talking about it's about human capital that we discussed louise it's about um it's about prevention it's about cooperation it's about uh finding uh finding the weaknesses in working on them making them the strength the same that they work in medicine it, you don't look at the disease you don't look at the symptoms only you're looking holistically how the organs interact how the systems interact and that all worked and helped me a lot um, i did my degree in health and safety with the regard to the safety culture but i did safety culture in healthcare but I decided to go even further, healthcare and how the inter or maybe interdisciplinary uh, safety culture interventions work. For example, how the lessons from oil and gas can be transmitted to the healthcare and vice versa. How we learn from Formula One and transmit it to the healthcare. So it, it's you're out you're the ultimate person in breaking down silos <laughs> it, it isn't it because why i say usually uh, when i hire people is and today uh, running the business by the way hello my team if you're watching yeah i was just gonna say is we, we're starting to get some comments now on on the chat which is great and there's loads of really lovely comments <laughs> saying jeanette you are just absolutely amazing um George is on the line. Um Sunny's talking about um Jeanette, you give out loads of positive energy. Um Jeanette, you're such a valued partner in the stream team. I can't read this one. I don't know what this says. <laughs> Uh, it says, uh, Janet, I'm very proud that I know we in the corporate. Uh, thank you, Natalia. Thank you. Uh, this is Ukraine uh, that uh, gets in because we work internationally. And that's another thing that health and safety doesn't have any borders, Louise, right? So, so um, Peters, I hope I've pronounced that right, is saying, absolutely inspiring and motivating story. Proud to have you as a mentor um Jeanette stay the way you are I love your story it's inspiring and I'm so glad our paths have crossed and you know we talk about this and our networks so much at the moment and I think in particular even more so right now um so I know that you have an incredible network around you so so sort of bringing you from sort of oil and gas and that sort of thing, you know, in terms of where we are now, sort of bringing us more into the sort of here and now, you know, where did you go after that? What's what's where did the story take us following your offshore work? Uh, and then, uh, Louise, um, there was a breaking point in my life. Um, um, meaning, uh, hi, guys. Um, <laughs> um, the breaking point was uh, the sickness of my son, quite serious. And I spent one year in the hospital with my son. And uh, <laughs> I'm smiling because um, there's another story, and I would like to share that with everyone. Um, when someone tells me now, Louise, uh, uh, 
we don't have time or I don't have time or there is not enough time. I smile usually because I don't understand those type of things. Like, tell me who is in the possession of time? No one. It's up to us how we delegate our time and how we look. When, I, when my, my son was in the hospital, we spent there one year, I was doing my dissertation. And when my son was going to sleep, the hospital and the ward would turn off the light. And the only lights and lamps were on in the corridor next to the nurse's uh, room. And I would sit on the floor at night just under that lamp and finalize my dissertation and safety culture because I want it because I'm a science person inside deep in my bone um, I really admire for example Dominic Cooper Professor Shobas, Scott Geller or all other uh, I'm evidence-based person I like science. Uh, without science I don't exist and uh, and I completed and I defended my dissertation with the honors uh, because it's a matter, it's, a, it's how much we find the importance and the purpose in our life. I had a funny story. Later on, I joined an um, Italian company and my boss, Luis, didn't speak uh, English very well. And I told him, don't worry, Paolo, give me three months, I'll speak Italian. You, why did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, uh, for me it was okay there is a challenge i have to overcome it right it's, uh, it's just a matter how you how you <laughs> how you look gabriella at is saying love her and I, yeah i agree gabriella <laughs> gabby hi guys hi thank um, you for all your wishes and such positive <laughs> comments it's so apparent that arjuna is hugely loved and a professional um, people like yourself, as a co-founder of One Wish, uh, people like Sony, uh, people like um, Melissa and Anne and everyone, isn't just like being uh, in this position, it also brings some responsibility. It's that responsibility that, talking about leadership, Louise, and you are one of the world leaders, great leaders, Leaders is part of being, feeling, and living. It's not the way of you acting or attributes or traits. And did it happen to you, Louise, that at some moment of your leadership journey, because your life is mature, you growing, and your leadership is growing together with you, isn't it? And then at some point of you being mature woman, you realize that it's not enough just to be a leader to lead. Leadership in that position where I am today, it comes to the point when you want to share it, you want to give away. You realize that you cannot feel it anymore in yourself because that's not enough to be a leader just because you're leading, just because you're feeling. That comes the moment when it happened to me when I did open the consultancy. That's another story because I couldn't find a job. Simply. So, so, so when did that? So, talk to me about that, Jeanette. So, so we've My done, you know, we've done PhDs. Um, talk to um, me about the consultancy and how that all happened because I know, you know, setting up in business 
however successful you've been, it's much harder than they ever tell you it's going to be. So, <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? So, so talk to me about that, Jeanette. So when my, my son was in hospital, I had, after one year, I had to resign and I worked for Chevron that time. Uh, for the TCO, and I'm very grateful for, for Chevron. Um, uh, I've met uh, great leaders in, in Chevron. And then I couldn't hold that position anymore for obvious reasons. And I started looking for a job in Poland. And I couldn't find a job. <laughs> uh, because I didn't speak uh, Polish that time quite well, and uh, I didn't have connections. But again, uh, my creditor, don't expect. <laughs> don't expect it's just uh, create yourself and then I because I couldn't find a job I had to create one and I op opened up a consultancy and training center Nibosh uh, a learning provider um, that's another story <laughs> so and then it started no, growing just Jeanette just give us a bit of a yeah. Geography here. Whereabouts are you right now? So I know that you're in Poland, but can you sort of explain whereabouts you are? And you know, you're kind of who are the people that you're serving? You know, where are they sort of geographically? Just to give people a picture, depending on where everyone is around the world. Um, our consultants and training center is based in Warsaw, geographically in Poland. Uh, I have a team of wonderful people and practitioners in health and safety, mental health, process safety, risk management. And initially, we started as a Nibosh learning provider in Poland, and then we started growing. And today we offer health and safety consultancy in a wider direction of this world, uh, uh, internationally, not only in Poland. And it's not only uh, global corporations, but it's also SMEs. Um, I like to work with countries like Ukraine, like Poland, uh, like all the Central and Eastern Europe, though we work with Singapore, uh, with uh, Brazil, Mexico, uh, um, Dominican Republic, uh, UK. Um, it's not about where we serve. It's about what the quality will bring. Um, and I never advertise our services, never. Uh, I was so weak in marketing, but then I realized we don't need that. Yeah, uh, I always talk about the honeypot effect is people will come to you if you you yeah. provide something that, you know, you deliver it in a good way and with a positive heart, I think. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I'm, I'm feeling comfortable now to telling how um, how wonderful services we're providing. I think <laughs> no, it's not. So, yeah, I mean, in terms of just being in business, because I'm a woman in business as well. And I think, you know, sometimes people forget that actually running a business is is really difficult. Um, can you sort of and thank you so much vince so vince has said inspired enthralled humbled mesmerized exceptional jeanette and louise this is sensational stuff thank you so much vince, um, Hi, vince. <laughs> in terms of being in business you know what would you say have been your greatest challenges of, of being you know going into business and being in business um 
when I started, Louise, and I'm being very honest with you guys, um, I didn't know anything about business. No, neither did I. <laughs> I. I thought, I thought, oh my God, being a very good health and safety practitioner is enough, which is mm. not. Absolutely. Um, uh, being uh, to be able to be heard uh, as a woman uh, offering services sometimes to a very high risk industries where dominantly you have a male industry. Sorry for saying that, but we're talking about um, mining, we're talking about oil and gas construction. Um, I had to develop kind of our business strategy. And that took me some time to realize is about the expectations. And I've done a lot of mistakes. Uh, I had a lot of failures. And uh, I'm not, I think I'm not um, ashamed of talking of them, but I'm really thankful for every mistake I did. Um, it's about, when I realized that I'm not able to do that alone, and that's what is about your coalition, Louise. We're not able to create anything if we don't have purpose. Mm -hmm. And then it's about how you create that environment, as Sonia like to say, belonging. Mm -hmm. uh, and then you start developing and creating team of people who would believe in you. Why would they believe in me? That was the question. Why would they go for me? Why the clients would buy the services? And the question, uh, many times I've been asked, why top management would be interested in, in investing in health and safety, for example? And there are so many reasons, like financial, legal. We all know that, mm -hmm. but no. I believe, and I'm a strong believer in that, that the main reason is when you bring the value of human life to the table. And when you say that there is no ethical or moral reasons to have fatalities, to have injuries, life-changing injuries, and when you talk to them as a partner, not as, a, not as a someone who is bringing the services and go away, when you bring that to the table and say, we're partners, this, this is your people. And do you want to be a leader in the company where people suffer? That was the turning moment where I stopped selling the products. I don't sell the products. I don't sell the projects. I don't sell the templates. We don't work like that. We never create anything for our client. We help them to create their own products. Mm -hmm. That's what helps uh, to understand. That was the turning moment. But again, it's team, Louise, right? Yeah. It's creating that people around yourself, uh, people who share your values, that purpose, that journey, and you stick to that journey. Grip, I call it grip. You don't let it go. You might have those weekdays. We all do. But when you sit alone again and you think, Janet, what happened? What's going on? Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, grip. I like that. I like that. And our Rosie says, 
Um, Mahatma Gandhi said, be the change that you wish to see in the world. And I just, do you know something? I think that absolutely sums you up, Jeanette, definitely. So um, just sort of moving on and perhaps, you know, it's, uh, we've got so many great comments coming in. Caleb says, absolutely, we help them by steering them towards safety. We we are our ambassadors of the safety culture. Absolutely, definitely. So in terms of, you know, can you give some like, say, three really top tips of, um you know, in terms of the people that might be, you know, I, I'm really hoping we've got some, you know, young women, we might have women or men on the line um, who are inspired by your story. Um, what are the sort of top three tips that you feel that you can impart to the people that are listening to this now? That's a serious question. And I would like to take it seriously. Um, when, when I want to give like some tips and I'm now facing each of you who is behind the computers, behind your screens, uh, I would like you to give you, if my humble opinion on that, be skeptical, uh, ask questions. Don't be afraid to explore. Uh, don't be afraid to go outside of your comfort zone. Get used to be outside of your comfort zone. That's the first one. Um, second one is be authentic. Stick to your values, but find those values. Mm -hmm. Because we talk about those values, but so many people, when you ask, uh, like I see people in this chat, Ask yourself, girls, when you're young, when you start and you're thinking about your career and health and safety, ask yourself, what is my value? What I can share with this world? Because if your values, if your dreams, they are bigger than you, if they fit and they cover that needs and joy of the world, it's going to happen. Your dreams come true. And I think um, the last one, don't be afraid in the early, especially in the early of your career, to find mentor, coach, anyone who believes in you or shares your values. When you're mature, become a mentor, become a coach, share that. And only by being together, we're able to overcome a load. That's what I would say for anyone who wants to start. Yeah, and, and I love, so um, Graham, oh, brilliant. I love it when Graham's on the line. Hi, Graham from Consult, <laughs> Consult Safe has given um, his top tips, um, which is be yourself, be honest to yourself and others, know who you can and will help to develop. So thanks very much Thank you. for that. It'd be great to hear everybody's top tips on here. So, um, I don't know who this is this from you, Sonny. Be skeptical, be authentic, don't be afraid of seeking a mentor, then connect, share, and learn. So yeah, I mean, have you got any advice on how people should find a mentor? Because I think we've talked about this a lot this week, haven't we? Is is have a mentor and be a mentor. Have you got any advice for people around that? Um yeah, and I think who is searching 
who is exploring, he will find mm -hmm. it that interesting. But um, for example, uh, currently I'm teaching at the uh, National Louis University at the business school in Poland. Hi guys, if you hear me, uh, my students. Uh, that's an interesting, uh, uh, Louis, because if I look at the uh, early stage of education, I have a lot of girls, young students, mm -hmm. girl students, women, and then I lose them for a moment. We lose them, yeah. And so that pipeline is really important, isn't it? This is the moment where you can start looking around and ask questions. Mm -hmm. uh, find and don't be afraid of rejections. That's what we are all afraid. If I ask for mentoring, if I ask for a coach, if I ask for advice, I can be rejected. Mm -hmm. That's a natural feeling of being afraid of rejection. But let me tell you, statistically, acceptance is eight times more common than rejection. Mm -hmm. And rejection, it, I call it, it's a key for the closed door. So if you get rejection, that opens the, the, the door for the next door, for the next room. Remember this, girl. So don't be afraid of rejection. You will be surprised. Uh, last year, when the COVID started, you know what I did, Louise? I wrote an email to Dominic Cooper, and I said, Hi, Professor. My name is Janet. Is that okay if we talk, if we, if we have a, an interview together? Mm -hmm. And do you, I was afraid of being rejected, saying, who you are, a woman talking to me from Poland. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid. Um, stream team, Red Risks. Sony and the stream team is doing brilliant job. We are doing brilliant job sharing and learning. Uh, uh, Dominic Cooper, anyone in the area of health and safety, Louise, you and your team, Ayosh, WRSM, there are so many resources, but never stop exploring, asking. Never, lifelong learning, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, the problem is that we try to find uh, exclusions and we try to find excuses. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, because of, of that uh, failure or feeling um, of being rejected or maybe failure. Um, Take the risk, ask, yeah. and you will see that how many times you will hear yes instead of no. Just try. Try today. So we've, yeah, so just we're getting some really lovely messages that are coming through. Um, so Vince, thank you so much, Vince. So Vince says there's around a million there's around around a billion working people, their families, their work colleagues need the effective health help of health and safety people right now. This session is the inspiration to get stuck in to make that difference. A billion workers around the world suffering suffering harm by and from their work at any one time, which is um, from the ILO. Abs absolutely. Um, Caleb said it's about what did you learn from the re from the rejection and adjusting your message to fit the need. Um, the message changes in in diff absolutely. I mean, actually, that's great, Caleb. I mean, let's talk about cultures a little bit. Um, so, I mean, you're you know, this is very much we're working in a global environment at the moment. I mean, can you sort of say something about um, the different cultures that you see, you know, from being yourself in Poland, you're hanging out with all these 
guys in the UK, in the Middle East, um, what sort of different cultures, what have you learned from, from sort of swinging between all those different cultures as you have been? Um, that actually, I think that, that different cultures and being among different cultures bring that harmony and bring that inclusion and diversity that we're talking about. Today, Louise, we're more globally than ever mm. before. We're more connected than ever before. And that's the privilege. And that's the thing that we need to use. And that's the answer also for the Vins talking about how can we tackle, how can we get together and find that way to, 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 to prevent incidents and accidents. But talking about cultures, uh, sometimes they ask me, Janet, are you Polish? Are you Asian? Where I don't know. Because I've been working in West Africa, Uganda, Angola, Vietnam, Thailand, two years in Vietnam, Singapore, Brazil. I don't know. It's all mixed up now. But one thing and I would like to share here about the values. Once I was told when I did the leadership course and I did that in Oxford that we are today and think about this and i'm now facing all the girls and women and anyone who wants to start this in health and safety and talk about culture we are today thanks to all conversations we had in our life isn't it it's very smart we are today thanks to the language we used it's the language and the world and the culture it's about communication uh, first of all, uh, look at that. I contacted Dominic Cooper. We had a great discussion. He introduced me to Sony. Sony introduced me to you. You introduced me to the coalition. Yeah, I mean, Kathy Seabrook in her presentation this week at the Congress talked about joining the dots. And sometimes those dots, you know, we don't join the dots until much further down so you know we're we're kind of aligning all of these pieces and it's not until much further down that all of those things come together and and you look around and and i often say you know sometimes as you know this is not an easy job to be in being a health and safety professional and sometimes we don't look back at the journey that we've made which kind of brings up my question. What one thing are you super proud of? What are you most proud of that you've achieved? Okay, apart from having a son. <laughs> that's another thing. Hello, Jeanette, son. <laughs> uh, talking, about, um, talking about health and safety, I think I'm super, super, super proud of our accepting my failures mm -hmm. i've learned that uh and it's something that sometimes for women uh due to our uh being so gentle being so emotional might be so difficult maybe because of those failures and rejections i'm proud of that mm -hmm. uh, i don't I don't know what needs to be happened to for me to to lose my faith or to lose my hope. And I'm proud of that. Some people call it being a strong woman. No, I don't believe in that. It's not about being strong. It's about me believing in my purpose. 
me believing in my values, me being proud working in health and safety, me being proud to be a woman in health and safety. That was I'm proud of. Oh, and if you could say something, and actually be really interested to get some messages from the audience on this. Um, if you could say, you know, I'm thinking back to the beginning of this conversation. I can't believe where this time has gone. Um, you were talking about walking all that distance to get your English lessons. If you could actually um, bump into that young girl on that walk for her English lessons and you could give her sort of something to inspire her, what would you say to that young girl? I most probably will tell her thank you that you never forgot your dream to help and save the world. And I never betrayed my dream. From that moment when I was eight, I really, I, I remember that so well, Louise, sitting in the garden and sitting and thinking about the cancer treatment, that was my time to save the world. And I never betrayed my dream. It was very tough. At times it was unbearable. It was sometimes um, unfair. But I will tell her, thank you for being yourself. True thank you to keep and stick to your values that I never betrayed. Wow. Well, I, I cannot believe where that hour has gone. That's just flame. Thank you so much, Jeanette. I just want to finish with um, something that Caleb said. Um, we, our family and the journey is always continuing. We have one of the hardest jobs in, in the plant. Being a change agent is amazing. And so, I mean, Jeanette, I mean, wow, I can't, can you believe an hour's gone by in that discussion? But um, to say thank you to the audience, to the, to the listeners uh, for all your support. Uh, thank you for all your messages. Thank you for being with me. Without you, our journey doesn't make any sense. Yeah, no, I mean, wow. And, and I'm going to say the same. Thank you so much. Thank you for all of your comments. Thank you to Sonny for letting me take I'm not letting you go that easily. Sonny, <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So, I've enjoyed uh, working the buttons in the background. I'll be honest with you, the chats have gone crazy. I kept flicking them up there. I felt very bad detracting you from your conversation. But um, I, I just want to chime in uh, to say, Louise, thank you for taking time out from your very hectic schedule. I know we've all had a very busy day today. Yeah, I literally <laughs> came in three minutes before. <laughs> <laughs> Zoomathons. Um, just say, Louise, thank you. And also, Jeanette, I've never doubted that you're an inspirational lady. And whatever you do, you, you're always there supporting. And sometimes we all need a, a bit of a motivation pitch and you certainly throw that in for me and the rest of the stream team caleb nielsen by the way he's in the us he's uh he's been on the shows and seminars and so on he's thanking us for the invite so listen 
from my heart, thank you. Uh, everybody on chat, thank you for making Jeanette feel so warm and welcomed. And um, all I can say is uh, really appreciate it. Well, one more thing to say is next week, next Tuesday, and Vince will like this, we have Larry Sen coming back on the show and he's gonna talk about the mood culture. So look forward to that. But other than that, thank you so much for doing this. Jeanette. Thank you, Louise, thank you so much for your time. Thank, thank you so you very much and I'll see you soon. See you soon. Thank bye. you guys. See you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you so much for stopping by and watching that live event. If you want to be notified of future live events, head over to our website. There's a form on there. Hit the subscribe button and I'll update you whenever live events come up. I promise you, no spam. And finally, we do have a YouTube channel. It's just simply Red Risks. Please subscribe and help us. Let's connect, share and learn. Thanks. Catch you on the next live event.